This is Drinking with the Gnome. Today on the show, we're on March 1st. Again, if you were listening to Cincy Brewcast already, or you're about to listen to Cincy Brewcast, we were there. And now we're still here. And we're going to talk about cider because this weekend coming up is March 1st inaugural uh, Cider Palooza, uh, where not only are they going to have their finest uh, ciders, ciders on tap, that's but the word. They're go- <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to think about turning the volume down on the music to a while. Not, um, not only are they going to have their finest ciders, they're going to have some very outstanding guest taps on as well from the list that we got to see and got or privy to. And uh, there's going to be a few special releases that uh, have not been released yeah, to the public been- yet that we're getting to. Maybe we're sampling one right now that's pretty damn good. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this show is a little bit of an overview. If you want the details of who's pouring what at the Cider Palooza, um, there's probably a link somewhere on the website you're at right now listening to the show that will give you all of those things because hopefully I will write that article <laughs> at some point. <laughs> but this is a, a broad stroke to tell you what cider is because i as a uh, dedicated craft beer drinker a novice spirits drinker am completely oblivious in the world of cider other than the fact that i know sometimes i like it and sometimes i don't and uh, <laughs> beyond that i can't figure out why so um again we're at, we're at march 1st everybody roll around introduce yourselves you guys already heard andy foltz yep andy uh, big mouth can't keep it shut so move on <laughs> Shea Primor, brewer, distiller, cider maker. Uh, Brian Fisher, brewer, cider maker, and assistant distiller. And I am Josh Engel. I do the social media and marketing for March 1st Brewing and Distilling. He's here to make sure nobody says anything to offensive. I play air guitar. That intro was awesome. That's Hunting Agnes. Everybody should check them out, too. HuntingAgnes.com, I'm assuming. I was uh, was jamming. They're uh, um, one of my favorite local bands. You guys should get them out here to the taproom to play sometime. Mm, yeah. Put that. that on your list, Josh. Write it down I right will. now. We actually need one more band for Cider Palooza. So. Tell you what, I'm excited for Hayden and Kay to come back out. Yeah, yeah. I love them. They're good. That's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. They're, re- they're really good. Yeah. Cider. Yeah. What is cider in the, uh, the, the most layman's of terms that you can come up with? Cider would be, of course, apple, uh, fermented juice, basically. Uh, so yeah. It's like apple wine. Apple wine. Yeah. Apple wine. I mean, yeah. That's in, in the, in the legal terms. context. Yes, it would be apple wine. Yes. So you are just taking apples and you're smashing the crap out of them, getting all the juice out of them, and then throwing it in some kind of vessel with some kind of yeast and letting it do its thing. In the simplest of terms. In the simplest <laughs> of terms, yes. <laughs> and how it actually works is a little bit more complicated, but but yeah, I mean, to, to break it down, yeah, that's. Yeah, that's basically uh, that's basically cider. So, um, where did your relationship with cider start? How did you get into this world? Is it something? I know that you are kind of a, a, a wine geek in the nicest way of putting it. Um, just <laughs> the fermented drinks. Just, <laughs> yes, um, all when did? How did you get into cider? Also, was it on um, the drinking side or was it on the 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 brewing side? Is it do you call it brewing with with vitning? cider? V- I guess it would be vitning. Yeah, yeah. making wine. It's a new wine. word for me. Yeah, winemaker. Winemaker. Mm-hmm. Vitner. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think it first started with, of course, drinking, as most people do. Um, 
And uh, with that, uh, it was growing up in my family with growing up with uncles that were making beer and wine and all our concoctions, basically. <laughs> beer so. and wine and... and, and stuff, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, it was, you know, sampling stuff with them um, as I got older. Um, and then it became a passion of mine to, you know, hang out with the family. And, you know, we're sitting around having a beer and talking about this recipe, that recipe, what ingredients go into. And uh, I uh, basically, for me, it was very young, blowing up some... Uh, juice in my mother's pantry growing up and uh, from there it's kind of progressed uh, on from there so <laughs> um, so I know um, just speaking locally I know Swine City had a very similar start in uh, in, in Dan's experience of um, brewing and uh, <laughs> I, think, I think he I think he said his family moved into a house and in the basement somebody had left a wine making kit <laughs> mm-hmm. and he just kind of yeah, yeah, started yeah. playing around with it probably way earlier than he probably should have been <laughs> and uh figured it out <laughs> um so the history of cider does anybody know anything about that um because the research i have written down in front of me says that no one knows the actual origin of cider <laughs> because of how widespread it is oh yeah um, just in different parts of the world it just kind of sort of happened people had it's apples it's and, that whole um you know back in the day it was preservation of food and you know just those processes that went on um uh, I know that, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy is the history of, you know, cider, beer, all things fermentation. Um, so, uh, it's that way to store something for extended periods of time without it spoiling. And, uh, that's basically, it's very similar to meat in that same way. You know, honey doesn't go bad, but, um, it starts to crystallize. And if you can, <laughs> if you can ferment if you leave it, it in the right uh, conditions, yeah. it will, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And if you, once you ferment it though, it's, you know, it's, it's stable, you know, and it'll stay for quite a while. So, but I just, the whole, um, the fermentation in general interests me like that history side of it of like, there was still somebody at some point in time that left something sitting out. Oh yeah. And something happened with it and they looked at it and they're like, Oh, this doesn't look right. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing. Grog, you drink it. (laughs) It's amazing. What? (laughs) Well, I'm sure it started with smell this. (laughs) Smell this. Yeah. Taste this and then yeah. drink it. <laughs> you know, it's it's, you know, it's it's interesting to me to think that somehow you go from something what they thought was going bad into this thing that we are now. It's amazing how quickly fermentation can set on as well. As soon as it's pressed, I mean, if it's not you know kept cold, it the fermentation process starts very very quickly within just a few hours, and it takes hold. And you know that lovely juice you had is now starting to bubble away and you know hopefully it's not something crazy <laughs> so have you ever played with the the process from from the fruit itself you know what is the ter- crushing is that what is the term for the the, so, the, the juicing yeah, process is it just juicing um for like for myself pressing um, i guess is the you know i've got um a little grinder basically at the house where i'll actually grind up the apples first and then put them into the press and actually press them out um that is uh, a whole different, you know, gamut there with taking the whole fruit and actually, um, how, what is that, that, I mean, not in specific terms, but how much yield is that from, um, well, you need apples to, uh, <laughs> cider in the end? Oh man. Um, I'm trying to remember the last batch that I did, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of, oh man, I think it's like 60 pounds or so. 
for like, I think it was like a four or five gallon batch. Jeez. It's quite a bit. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a lot of work. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little bit of work. Um, but I tell you what, it's, it's pretty rewarding. You know, this past year I was able to play around with some, uh, some grapes as well. And I got 200 pounds of grapes and did the whole work destemming them by hand. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not going to do that again. But anyways, <laughs> and then crushing all those. And that was a lot of fun too. So, but, but, uh, um, doing that all by hand is just, it's, it's, it's a wild process, but it, it almost gives you a little more respect though, too, for what, what is all done for you in other oh, contexts, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, when, I, when I was at Valley Vineyards, you know, the whole crush process there and you know, with everything they had, it was, it was wild, you know, but it's, it's a really cool process. And, and it's like, as soon as that starts, I mean, that's what you are doing like 24 seven until, you know, those, all the grapes are picked, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. That's so. crazy. Um, so cider is, um, in the UK, that's where you get the highest per capita consumption. Definitely not in the United States. Uh, we have this very strange to me kind of, um, cider thing happening where people are starting to get into it, but it still feels very young and very, uh, immature as far as the drinkers go. People like me that don't really know in this what the area, hell we're doing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe that's different in other places that, um, maybe have uh more of a, a culture I, around i'd say it. the northeast is very established cider culture from definitely yeah yeah th- even in the i think there's so a little the bit Pacific down in the northwest also um where my uncle lives in yakima where you know a lot of the apples and mm-hmm. and uh like cherries and the uh the pears um as well as all the hops are growing out there it is unbelievable the the culture they have out there with like titan cider works out there doing some really really cool things out there as well i and think then, i've had some of their stuff before yeah yeah they distribute that locally right? they do yeah, yeah i think i've had something yeah that i really liked i don't know what yeah. it was but it was good <laughs> again goes yeah. back to that i just i i just don't know enough about it and i just desperately want in, to know more in the northeast um i know vermont they've got eden cider works and i've got a friend out there and the stuff that they're doing with all the um heirloom varieties out there is pretty cool too that we don't see as much out here so they grow more out in their area so it's well, and I, know, I know there's a lot of um down in the the carolinas down there there's too there's there's a lot of apples growing down there that i think some places yeah, in, yeah. in the Asheville area i think yeah. that they're doing some fun stuff i, I need to make it down there and uh, <laughs> check that out as well so yeah the so the you talk about the the heirloom varieties versus and we we talked about this very briefly on this week's episode of Cincy Brewcast we went down a couple rabbit holes that <laughs> <laughs> but the the heirloom varieties of apples versus the things that I typically go to uh Kroger and buy because I love shopping at Kroger um that <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know when <laughs> um listen to Cincy Brewcast this week it's a it's a good time um uh, it, what what makes these heirloom varieties versus the stuff that I'm more maybe more familiar with the Red Delicious apples or the Granny Smith or whatever it may be? So yeah, I mean um, apples, you know, just like a lot of other um, fruits, vegetables, you know, they're uh, we're changing them basically, um, and so a lot of the apples that you find um, at um, Kroger are a lot of your table varieties or dessert varieties of apples. Uh, great for cooking, baking, um, all that fun stuff. Um, as far as juice goes for us on the, you know, um, we're looking more for smaller, um, varieties that are typically, um, more heirloom varieties that, uh, have a lot more of the skin actually attached to them. So like the, the OG apples, is that a good way to put it? Like the apples that were here before we started messing around with stuff too much? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, 
a lot of those varieties, quite a few of those varieties, not all of them, but quite a few are, um, have that high tannin content basically, which actually helps with, um, the mouthfeel and, um, aromatic qualities that you get with cider. So, um, now on the other hand of that, um, for anybody who's made cider before, will know that with those increased tannin, um, and, um, basically it's, it causes chaos sometimes during fermentation with certain yeast, um, the amount of uh, SO2, like sulfur basically, that is like kicked off during fermentation can clear a building, and it <laughs> has before. <laughs> so that was something in the early days that we had to play around with, was finding our own um, strain of yeast that we felt, you know, played well with the cider. Um, yeah, coming into work one day after starting a batch and the whole building smells like sulfur and you're like, oh, oh, this is bad. <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> so it's not just the same yeast that you're using to make whatever the latest beer you put on tap is. It's oh, a whole no, no, different. No. Yes. Oh, that's, don't yeah. say no. Like, I don't know what yeah. I'm talking about. No, no, just, no I'm just <laughs> saying. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, of course it's not. different. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no. Let me uh, tell you. <laughs> um, well, Reynolds, for example, that's how he got started. Andy Reynolds from Alexandria. And his story was that they sent the yeast over when they, he was stationed in Iraq, and it was a wine yeast that they used with the the not hard apple cider to make it hard, right. the apple juice. Oh, very nice. That's cool. And yeah, he said so they basically would put it where the cap is on the bottle, and then put a surgical glove over top of it, and yeah, and create yeah. cider that way out oh, of the, the apple juice and the wine yeast. So I thought that was yeah interesting, but I wonder how many people like if you go around. And talk about people that were in that that more that home brewing side before going into mm-hmm. um, the the commercial side of brewing. I wonder how many of them did get their start something with cider, just kind of because it is a little uh, easier to source those yeah. basic ingredients. You can go get juice at the store. You can go get some kind of yeast at the I store th- and make something that's cider like. You know? I thought you were going to ask how many people got started by wanting to get drunk in Iraq. Because oh, well, that's also <laughs> an interesting question. Oh, but <laughs> I mean, I you know I. I when I was a, a youngster drinking, you know, I when you couldn't buy beer, you f- pretty quickly learned that you could you go get the well ingredients. To <laughs> <laughs> Um, you so, sound like Shay. Well, so, so, so my 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 brother, who's been on the show a couple times, he uh, his 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 family on his uh, his he's my stepbrother. So his other side of the family are Listermans, and so there's always been brewing supplies around there was always a, a store selling brewing supplies so we we may have been brewing beer very early on. <laughs> <laughs> quickly learned that there's nothing that stops you from buying all the things to make beer you just can't have the beer legally so hmm. whatever semantics whatever <laughs> um so cider is basically some kind of fermented apple juice what about those other things, the berries, the the pears, the the other fruits that are called cider, are those not really cider? Are the or is it a a blend that I'm seeing from things? So let's yeah, so like, like bubbles. Bubbles is, is berries and malt and things like that. Is that really not a cider? Oh, gee. Um, well, okay, legal it's, standpoints here. We're going to go with this. Okay, I'm just from curious. A, from I'm a curious legal from standpoint, a... Um, as soon as malt gets added in to at any percentage, at that point, uh, from a legal standpoint, I don't believe it's cider anymore. 
Um, what about other fruits? Though? If you add enough it's, of it's other fruits, does it become beer. wine? Um, uh, basically, on the cider side, I, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I think as long as it's 51% apple juice, I'm pretty sure it's still considered cider. To um, I'll have to look that up again. And and we'll, we'll figure it out. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, like, with our raspberry cider, you know, it's it's not like it's a very high percentage, but it, it is then there. I mean, we're using whole raspberries i mean it's it's the 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 raspberry and the raspberry juice that goes into that is um oh man the aromatics that as we're pumping it in is amazing you should be here i'm sure it smells good it is awesome (laughs) but um yeah that would you know that's still considered cider um now as soon as you lean towards um pears you know that turns into a perry so a pear cider, which so. is a really clever yeah. name for uh, <laughs> fermented pear beverage. I believe it's an old English name. I'm pretty sure. But it sa- sounds, sounds right. <laughs> um, so what other kind of things kind of branch off from the, the cider family? I mean, I've seen the, the apple wine, uh, things like that. What, 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 what's going on there? The apple wine. Yes. Yeah. So that's another one of our ciders that we did. Um, it was, a. Basically, one of our ciders, a traditional cider that we were able to age in a wine barrel um, and let sit for man, a year 14, and 16 months. 14, 16 months. Yeah, I think it was 16 months. And uh, that one I was really, really pleased with. Um, the, the wine notes that actually come out of that is pretty wild, but you still get that, that cider base that, that really mingles well. With the, with the barrel, it was it was really nice. Traditionally speaking, though, what what makes it an an, an apple wine versus just a so there's in the whole um, like cider competition, there's a whole bunch of different categories. So an apple vine, I have to remember the top of my head, I believe is um, basically a certain percentage that is aged for a certain amount of time, and I believe it's close to a year. But it's not based on ingredients or anything like that. It's no, just... it's it's based on the process of the juice. So I mean, there's also crazy things out there that um, I've been playing around with uh, at the house, um, like ice ciders. That's where you actually right. can heat. And you talked a little bit about eating gently. a little bit yeah. back, and I know that they are yeah. very famous for their 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 ice yeah, cider. Yeah. Titan actually, they have uh, a iced and also a fire. I believe, yeah, fire cider. I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know if you can get out here though. What is a fire cider? That's when you very gently can heat up the cider and basically get a lot of the water to evaporate out of the juice to increase the concentration basically of the juice. And then at that point ferment it and it'll basically be a higher percentage, um, cider basically. And so then on the, the ice cider side, I, you know, and this is, I, I read cider made simple and there was a whole chapter and whew, just went right over my head. That's, half the that's time. a very similar so process, but instead of just the heat, it's, it's, you know, freezing. So, and then you scoop out the, so you're just getting itself. a more concentrated yeah, kind of yeah. thicker juice, more syrupy Basically, kind yeah, of, yeah. um, I need to, I need to try so many things. It's, <laughs> it's a very, you know, similar way as to what an ice block would have been made back traditionally, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, freezing to the point and then scooping out the ice, which would have been the water. You know, and there's, there's not a lot of places locally that can legally make an ice block in Cincinnati. Yeah, just, yeah. just, oh, there's not oh, a lot, not about a lot that. that can legally oh. do that. I've yeah. seen a couple of places release them <laughs> and they weren't supposed to, but there's only one, one place that I think legally, legally can, can. Oh, right now. Yeah. Well, really. So, Cider 
if you then take it and distill it, it turns into Calvados. Is that right? That is one of the ones. Um, here in the States is also Apple Jack. Right. So, yeah. Or Apple Brandy as well. So, so a, a brandy is just any fruit that's distilled, right? Technically? Uh, yeah, technically, yes. Um, what is what is the technical definition of Calvados then? You know, I don't, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Oh, I thought you would know that. I know. Yeah, I, I should. <laughs> Gee. Uh, let me see if I've got it here. Uh, nope. My notes are very light on so, Calvados. <laughs> in the meantime, while he's looking that up, um, what can you tell us about the cider we have in front of us right now? The, the raspberry cider? Yes. Yeah, so um, basically that is uh, our juice that we get in Ohio, apples, with uh, the um, raspberries. Uh, we get, man, I'm trying to remember the pounds off the top of my head. It is an insane amount of raspberries that goes into there. And uh, the during the whole fermentation, the aroma is just wafts through the whole brewery, and it smells amazing. Um, but that one is was one that we were pretty excited to um, collab with Aglomacy's for their um, raspberry sorbet. Mm. And um, that was that was a lot of fun doing that with them. And uh, if you guys have not had that, oh, my goodness, their red raspberry sorbet. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Oh, my goodness. It's awesome. Yeah, my, that was a lot of fun. Uh, my sister-in-law in high school, she worked at Aglomacy's Brothers, and we spent nice. a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they, that's always one of my favorites to, to hang out with uh, with family. So yeah, They have a thing you can buy. I think it's called the bathtub or something like that. It's just a big, <laughs> yeah, giant yeah. like boat full of like everything that they sell and then like all kinds of toppings and stuff. It's, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take it the next time. I, I think it's called like the bathroom. It might be, might be the toilet bowl or something. <laughs> I don't know. You want to have <laughs> at least two people for that. It sounds like two people. All right. two, um, find two people. I don't know. It sounds like a challenge to me. So Calvados <laughs> through my limited Wikipedia ing is a apple or pear brandy from the Normandy region in France. So maybe it's just specific apple varieties made kind of like, you know, champagne, it has to be in a certain region too. And with certain types of apples. Yeah. Yeah. And the, Nor- an the Normandy region of cider is really well known for their, basically their wild fermented ciders. So you're going to get a lot of, um, in certain ones, um, a lot of like, um, bread characteristics that like farmhouse, you know, horse blanket sort of characteristics as well as other, um, wild yeast basically. Um, it is sounds so good to me. Yeah, Same it's, here. It's, it's, it's definitely one of my favorites that I go to for sure. Let's talk about this other one that's sitting in front of us right here, um, which I think Andy, you've already started drinking. This is the uh, bourbon barrel aged raspberry. Yes. So yes. this is basically the Aglomisi's cider. Yeah, yeah. Thrown yeah. in a barrel for how long? Oh like, man, I think it was nine months. It was in there for. Um, I love this one. This one, yes. the it's uh, a little bit drier. And it, it just it goes so well with the barrel. It is oh man. Well, I've I've never tasted a cider that that it is so bourbon barrel forward. Like, yeah, it, you it, get it that. It's yeah, it's very awesome. much so. It, I was we were all kind of in shock at how well the raspberry and the bourbon came together. It stayed like yeah, it, it stayed so well. Yeah, oh, you're right. I'm putting raspberry in my bourbon from now on. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> very it's very cocktail like to me. Like yeah, it's um very much so. Cocktail. Like a very drinkable cocktail though. Like not it's something almost that like a to, version of a Manhattan. Sort of. Go back to uh, (laughs) episode whatever that was. Episode two. (laughs) I remember the first time we pulled a sample out of a barrel and we all just looked at each other like, "Mm, we did this. (laughs) (laughs) What have we done? Um, It's delicious. You guys are doing some things with cider that I think a lot of people are definitely watching here in Cincinnati to see what what, what happens with it. Um, Cider, like I said, it's, it's, it's a very... Um, 
a very young community in Cincinnati. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think people are trying to watch to see kind of how people react to um, some of the more uh, off the wall stuff. Not that any of this is really that off the wall. It all makes perfect sense to me. But um, for so long, you've had these just these big, sweet, normal ciders and then maybe a dry hopped one. And that's like, oh, that's all that people will do. And so seeing something else is fun. No, for sure. And for the, uh, the cider palooza, we're going to release one of our kind of Cinco de Mayo inspired ciders. So this one, like you said, is me something that's kind of definitely different barrel aged as well. So it's our dry lime cider, Ooh. wild fermented in uh, tequila barrels. Oh, with some, <laughs> <laughs> with some margarita kind of influence, some lime peel, some salt. Oh yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, dude, it's it very is. tasty. Super oh, good. you you could even like salt the rim of the glass for that, and like just oh yeah. oh man. Yeah, so that's one that we've kind of waited to release until now, but it's gonna be perfect for we, cider palooza. It's gonna be great for Cinco de Mayo. It's gonna oh, be yeah. a great yeah. summertime killer. It we, we were be gonna like, wait. It better be like hot and sunny outside yeah. that weekend because that's a that's nah. a that's a patio nah, I don't cider. Care. I'll drink it. Because <laughs> 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 so we were gonna wait until Cinco de Mayo, but I think with cider palooza, we're like, eh, it's so it close. Well, it's, just, yeah. it's the it next weekend. That way, it'll hit the market too because we'll have right. enough to hit some kind of distribution areas, and maybe not too much, but some of our heavy hitter clients and stuff. For sure. Nice, like Kroger. Well, I'm, <laughs> we love <COVID. laughs> um, I'm really curious about that because, you know, I, I love, number one, I love margaritas and I love tequila. And I feel like as far as things put into tequila barrels that kind of bring that, that lime thing to it, it's just always a goza anymore. Everybody just throws a goza in there and that's, yeah. that's it. And, and, and like it's get, good. And well, they get overwhelmed a lot. When you throw a goza into a tequila barrel, a lot of times the tequila just overrides the beer. So yeah. I think that the dry lime cider has a much better chance of standing up to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about it's that. It's definitely triumph, too. It's something that we're really excited about. We've talked about it for a long time, especially with the lime cider being a year-round staple in a sense. Mm-hmm. And we're really excited to kind of make it a little different. Make Branch it out a little bit. With... More sweet, more cool. So... How much of that do you guys have? Not a lot. Is it just draft only, or is that going to see some kind of package? Um, I don't think we'll package this one. Uh, maybe along the road. We do have the Bourbon Barrel Age Red Raspberry in right, cans. Right, right. We got 60 ounce cans uh, available in the tap room at the moment. We don't have too much left, but we do have that. Apple vine. And do we have apple vine left? Yep. Okay, so we do have the apple vine as well. But awesome. the the lime maybe in the future. That's uh, that's that's an exciting one. That's fun. That's what's awesome about the new Rick House is. You know, more space equals more innovation, more putting things into barrels, and it's how just going to get better. It, how hard is it to get something like a tequila barrel, though? Is that still, like, I I always heard that those were a little tough to get a hold of. They're tough to get, well, like, stable ones Taking in a sense. Care. Well, and, and, yeah. and that was always, you know, you heard rum barrels were the same thing. It was hard to get rum barrels because they hang on to them forever. Mm-hmm. But you guys make rum, so yeah. you could <laughs> make your own rum barrels. But tequila you guys aren't doing any agave spirits right yeah not yet yet, (laughs) so it's we've talked about it um, so you don't have any barrels that are agave barrels so you have to get them from somewhere and yeah you know as long as you plan ahead like you said with the rum and the tequila not being as stable the whole wild fermented part was something that we planned for with it being the tequila barrels themselves so right i'm in love with the cider you guys are doing i think it's fun i think it's a a big thing for cincinnati and a big uh, uh a big place for people to kind of rally behind and say look see people do drink cider here they do want something else other than sure. other than bubbles but 
I say that, but they sell a shit ton of bubbles in Cincinnati. Oh, so yeah. maybe maybe people do just want some kind hey, of sweet, you know, malty. There, there's nothing wrong with bubbles. You know, that's <laughs> but an it's not anything you said. It's not a cider. To cider, you know, <laughs> to a, a cider, you know, style, right? You know? So, um, you know, as long as it gets people drinking something unique, something different, you know, that that's a win for the whole craft society. Well, there there is a lot of talk lately about uh, the the quote-unquote millennial beer drinker and and what their trends are going towards be it hard seltzer or ciders or whatever it is and it's it's going to be interesting to watch to see how that all shakes out and um if it's a gateway into something else or um something else is the gateway to that or i don't know i don't know it's all very interesting to me to see where it's going and where it's been and it's at least an area that you can grow as well within the the craft community because there's not not everybody's doing one because not everybody even offers one so right. some breweries are doing like a guest tap for a site or something like that so it's definitely a growth area which gives you guys a lot of room to play and clearly you like to play <laughs> <laughs> well and we all benefit from that yeah for sure um, well, guys, thank you very much. Uh, Cider Palooza is this coming weekend, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, come out to March 1st and see what they're doing and drink some cider and um, tell them that you love cider. <laughs> Show them <laughs> that, Particularly that when it's Cincinnati is not just a, a, a beer yes. town. <laughs> thank you guys very much. Hey, thank, thank you. you guys. Um, anything thank else you. you want people to know? We've got seltzer, too. You have hard seltzer. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty tasty. <laughs> I, won't, I won't even say it. I won't do it. 